Welcome to the Daniel Muggleton podcast. It's me. I'm Daniel Muggleton. I'm the guy uh, coming to you into your ears from Perth, Western Australia, uh, where I am for Perth Fringe World for the very first time. I've done two shows already, one at Wanneroo, which I'm told locals pronounce as Wanneroot. Fucking top-notch Aussie humor there. And then another at Fremantle, uh, which is the the birthplace of a lot of really great Australian bands, to be honest, uh, like Tame Impala, Pond, King Gizzard, and the Lizard Wizard, all out of Frio. Uh, and I chose there for the very first time, and both shows sold bloody heaps of tickets. Frio was basically sold out, so I just want to thank you uh, if you listened and you and you and you came, or you listened and you told others to go. I do appreciate it. Uh, I've got four more shows uh, in Perth this week including on Australia Day, because it is just any other day uh, at the moment. The whole public holiday thing has lost a bit of momentum. Uh, but yeah, so if you know anyone in Perth, or you are bloody in Perth, get down to the Recobite, January 25th, 26th, 27th, and 29th, before I catch the red eye back to Sydney. Now, I'm going to tell you about my little time in Perth. I'm going to tell you about... Uh, being at a comedy festival with my wife. Uh, before that, uh, we're going to go to everybody's favorite Tasmanian rock band, Verticoli. All right, that was Verticoli. Now let's get stuck into Perth. Uh, as always, I'd like to give a bit of context for anybody international. Perth is the most remote city in the world. Remote being defined as being the furthest distance away from other cities. Like, honestly, I really, even in my head, I don't think I fully comprehend just how far away Perth is. For example, I live in Sydney in Australia and it is a three-hour, three-hour, 10-minute flight to Auckland, the capital of New Zealand. Or to get to Perth, it's a four-hour and 55-minute flight. It takes almost twice as long to get to Perth as it does to get to New Zealand, which I consider pretty far away. I think even Sydney to Fiji, you know, Fiji, everybody, every... Every young Australian family's favorite little holiday, the little package holiday, you know, it's like all included. That's the vibe. Yeah, to Fiji, it's basically the same as to Perth. Uh, what do we got? No, it's less. It's still an hour. It's an hour less. Three hours, 55 minutes, Sydney to Fiji. Like, that's how far away Perth is. It's also three hours behind. There's a time, there's a jet lag coming into Perth, like a legitimate. You come to Perth, you're like, what time is it? It doesn't feel right. Nothing's the same. Uh, and that's where this festival is. It is, the, it is the city in Australia that I've really spent the least time with, uh, with the exception of Tasmania. But obviously calling Tasmania a city or part of Australia is misleading. Uh, so let's not fuck around with that. Uh, <laughs> I was in Tassie earlier, uh, well, last year, I was going to say, um, as, as part of the tour. I was there for the very first time. And uh, I got to say, one of my favorite memories was just just watching children learn how to sail. Uh, that was that was kind of where I was staying. There was just these children kind of sailing on a Saturday morning. Um, 
And really, in my head, it was them trying to figure a way out. <laughs> That's all it is. Just children, parents being like, look, this will come in handy because at one point you will want to escape to the mainland. Uh, and this is the only method where 100% sure works. Just get on your fucking schooner. Is that a type of sailboat? I think so. And get over there as quick as you can. But yes, I'm in Perth uh, doing this festival for the first time. It's my first time. Uh, really being in Perth during summer and like, fuck me. Like, I'm I'm an Australian person. Sydney is considered quite a hot place uh, compared to many other cities around the world. But there is just something in this heat in Perth. It is it is aggressive. It like it it somehow seems to attack you lower than any other heat I've experienced. Generally, I think we can all agree if you feel the sun beating down on you, it is beating down on you from from above. Like it's kind of the top of your head, your shoulders, the back of your neck, like all those kind of crevices and nooks that it finds uh, and that you always forget to apply sunscreen to, obviously. But Perth, like Perth, I swear to God, it comes up from my ankles just up my legs. Like it's kind of... The sun has lowered itself down to headbutt me, uh, a combat technique that really does seem to fit Perth beautifully. But yeah, it's just, it's low and it's just coming up and just choking you out. Like we went for a walk the other day for like 15 minutes and just tapped out. It was just like, fuck that. Like I've been over here for I think three days now and initially... I was kind of concerned because I was like, man, like I'm doing, I'm doing these shows and I think I'm speaking a bit fast and I'm trying to slow it down. And my like, is Perth full of dumb cunts? Is that what this is? Like they're just kind of struggling to comprehend everything that I'm saying at the speed I'm saying it. Like you guys can listen to this. You guys realize this isn't some light speed shit. You can probably comprehend everything I'm saying. But then I realized like two days in, I was like, oh, they're just dehydrated hey like that's <laughs> this is just the consequence of the weather that's why like as a comedy audience they take a second to kind of settle in and get involved they're just like they need that first five to seven minutes just to let the air conditioning cool them like you know when your your playstation overheats like because you got the you got the cupboard door closed because your wife doesn't like the way that the playstation looks uh, with the door open, like she doesn't want to look at the PlayStation. She wants to utilize it, but not actually look at it. So she keeps the door closed. So it seems like this nice, pristine white TV unit. Uh, but then obviously the PlayStation is just working overtime in there during an Australian summer. So it just reheats and you just have to turn off for a little bit. They're like, hey, the PlayStation is just entering rest mode. Uh, it's in fact way too hot. Uh, once it once it cools down, it can come out of rest mode and keep playing you. Uh, episodes of Barry, which is a very good show. I don't know. I feel like everybody these days just misses shows like because we're all kind of so fragmented. I heard people talk about Barry. I didn't know exactly what streaming service it was on, so I just wrote it off. But fuck me, I've gotten involved in it and it is an absolute joy. But the point I'm making is people from Perth are the... Like, they're not dumb. They're just... They're in rest mode. They've just been in the heat... They haven't, they haven't been able to fully rest and recover and get cool enough yet to comprehend wordplay or political satire. That's what I'm saying. Um, my other favorite thing that's happened here uh, so far is that uh, as, as a lot of you, uh, basically anyone who's ever seen me do live comedy or just gotten a bit of vibe about me as a person will know, 
Not a fan of bogans. Not a fan of them as a genre of person, especially as an Australian person, because they kind of dominate our national identity. Uh, all I can say about bogans is they're kind of like rednecks. If you don't, if you don't know, that's the best. Like Donald Trump is oddly a very accurate representation of a bogan. Fake tan names things after himself, modifies previously existing structures, cars, etc., in order to have it more resemble him to kind of cheapen it somehow like <laughs> like a quality that donald trump and bogan share is the ability to spend more money on something in order to make it appear cheaper like a very a very unique skill set but a skill set they both share and like honestly just just fucking google bogan you'll figure it out uh you'll be right there but i'm not a fan and uh you know I talk about it in my show and sometimes there are people in the crowd who call themselves Bogan and there was a fucking great dude uh, at Wannaroot on Friday night. Um, Just to give you the idea, I think I was on his turf because I was playing a a tent uh, connected to a cafe slash pizzeria that also contained an 18-hole mini putt golf course through a botanical garden next to a retirement home. You know, I think that is certainly much more uh, the Bogan's natural habitat than mine as a kind of, you know, disaffected hipster uh, with, with food allergies and uh, an inability to acquire a mortgage. You know, that's, that's his turf. So I kind of came into his house. Um, but it was a great sport about it because I was just like, do you think you're a Bogan after, after the way that I've explained it? Uh, which is essentially saying that, actually, I'm not going to reveal the punchline. Fucking wait till the special. You'll see it. Uh, like, do you, do you agree with my assessment of Bogans? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, are you still one? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of turned into a fun Q&A uh, with the crowd. Just people like me asking him questions, being like, you know, are you a tradie? Like, do you have this? Have you bought that? People in the crowd were like, do you drive a Holden? And he's like, no. And I'm like, what about a Ford? And he's like, no. Uh, I've got a Hilux, which is just fucking bogan as you know it's red hot and uh i asked him with the hilux whether uh he had modified it as as they tend to do they like to bloody soup it up customize it you know how it is and i was like did you raise it because sometimes i don't know if this is the same around the world or just an australian thing you get the hilux which is basically like a four by four ute with a tray but like kind of like a a nicer car body than like a proper kind of work ute and they they raise it up higher than it already is like you know it's already like high up but like they just kind of add like an extra 50 centimeters of fucking height for you know some dick extending reason i don't fucking know and i was like did you do that and he's like nah and i'm like what about rims because bogans like rims for some reason it doesn't seem like a bogan thing but you know they like him and he's like no i actually got rid of the rims put the stock wheels on i was like oh yeah fuck so how'd you modify it And he's like oh the interior you know custom steering wheel custom gear shift and i was like oh bro you didn't you didn't just get like a skull of a fucking eight ball gear shift, did you? And he's like, nah, 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 that's, that's, that's lame. I got a fucking Japanese sword handle, <laughs> which is sick because A, fucking way more multicultural than you'd expect. Uh, and B, like he doesn't know the word for katana, but <laughs> he's chosen to pay extra money to make sure the gear shift in his Hilux fucking looks like it. Uh, so Red Hot Joel, fucking great work from you, brother. Um, but anyway, so it's been good shows. Uh, one thing is, um, yeah, my wife my wife is with me for the first, not the first time, 
um, at comedy festivals. Jenna should come to visit, but like this time she's here for the whole time. And like the main difference with her being here, it's not like it's not like a party thing. It's not like a taking it more easy thing. It's not like a being healthier thing. It's just the amount of respect that I treat myself with increases just exponentially. Just because, all right, for those who aren't particularly aware of the life of a touring comedian, you, you go around to various towns, like not the best town. Like these aren't, these are kind of your C grade. Ta- like if, if these towns were a celebrity, they'd, they'd host like not the breakfast radio show, but like sometime in the morning, like they might be like a weatherman on a morning show. Like they're not quite, they're not not the A list. Like they're they're not in a list of like any places you need to visit. They're just these kind of ones nearby to that. Uh, and you go in there to perform at a venue that is very confused by you. Uh, to some people who are excited to see you, a small percentage, and a lot of people who just want something to happen. And this happens to be the thing that is happening that weekend. So off they come, right? Off they go. Here they come. I don't know which direction they're heading in, but it's fucking towards me. And we're doing the best we can. So to get there, you take the cheapest possible method. When you're staying there, you stay in the cheapest possible accommodation. Sometimes venues will give you some kind of affiliated like unit or like some venues double as a hotel so you're in there like that's that's basically the vibe and so you just you roll into town you're eating food that is the closest to the highway as humanly possible to save time you get in you check in you eat at the venue or next door to like you can i've never eaten food at a restaurant that I couldn't throw a ball to from the location of the show. Uh, and you just, whatever's available, whenever you can get it, in, out, done, stay in this place. In the UK, I stayed so consistently in one-star hotels with communal showers that I genuinely got a foot infection. <laughs> like that, that is the level of accommodation you tend to stay at because you're like, hey, there is not a lot of cash in this game. I will keep costs down where I can, right? And like you're barely there, so it's not a big deal. And then this time, enter my wife being here and we're staying in, look, it says it's a five-star hotel. I would say it's a four. Uh, It was too affordable to be a five, right? There are just too many buttons missing in the lifts. for you to properly classify it as like a five-star hotel but like it's a it's it's a bed that's not a single it's a bathroom that nobody else has access to like there there is there is room service should you choose to order it like most of the places i stay in for work if i was to call down and ask them to bring me food they would tell me to get fucked that is a very different experience and like it's funny because it, I, I can't figure out whether it's because, like, you know, things are going okay, so now I can afford to treat myself okay. But at Edinburgh Fringe, for example, last year, I was there for a month 
and things were roughly as they are now. And my accommodation was student halls, as in halls designed for university students, uh, which in the UK is like a very vivid visual. In the US, it kind of implies like a roommate, a college dorm type thing, two of you either side with a single bed. No, 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 no. Uh, in the UK, what they have is they have like what kind of one central corridor. There's five to six rooms either side of that corridor. Uh, there's a kitchen that is minuscule, a kind of weird little living area, and then one bathroom. And I stayed in student halls with five other male comedians, all of them significantly older than me, sharing one bathroom, which essentially meant for a month, I was just waiting for people roughly my dad's age to finish shitting. That was my whole month, just waiting for old men whose diets I could kind of glean because we shared the same fridge, contained no fiber, and they just spent a month shitting. And I would just stand outside that door wondering how hot the toilet seat would be that day. Like, honestly, it was... I was amazed how much shitting was done. because and And before you guys think that I'm just paying far too much attention, no, 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 no. The reason I knew that much shitting was done was because we kept running out of toilet paper and to really give you... Like, this, I reckon I could have done a statistical build of how much toilet paper was used how many shits per day if we could just settle on a you know four squares per wipe type scenario but they left all the insides of the toilet rolls in the bathroom so you'd be sitting on the toilet surrounded by other toilet rolls that had sacrificed themselves for the good of the for the good of the group for the fellowship of the ring Ugh. <laughs> that's gross even for me i apologize but yeah, you were just they were just there like shell casings after some kind of just machine gun style scenario, you know? Just like just on the ground, like pa 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 pa. Like just a fucking ah, oh, what's that gun? The one on the ring, they do it with the matrix. Ah. I used to know these things when I played video games. I used to know. A minigun? I think it might be a minigun, the one where it just goes in the circle and the bullet casings hit the ground. That's what it was like with the inside of toilet rolls in this bathroom. And like, I live like that, you know, that was less than six months ago or basically bang on six months ago. And now I'm here in Perth and, you know, I'm like, hey, should I call down to the front desk? Because there is like a bit of the TV that's just, it's blue. Like, you know, the, the, the color correction on the TV is incorrect. The balance is bad. I would like to speak to the manager, please. <laughs> It's incredible how quickly you just become a douche, you know, like how quickly your standards get raised. Cause like, it's, it's not like this thing is costing me an arm and a leg. It's just like, Hey, 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 Dan, when you're the only one here, yeah, you can, you can hit a toilet seat, uh, that is, that is too warm on a regular basis. Yeah. You can buy toilet paper and no one else buys toilet paper. So one time when you come home and take a shit, uh, you realize there's no toilet paper mid shit, so you just have to go straight into the shower. There's no other option. You can wipe with the one little square that's left, but otherwise you're just straight into the shower. You're doing the best you can like a full body fucking bidet. But the second my wife's here, I'm like, hey, hey, now there's another human. Now there's a real human occupying this same space. We can't behave like this anymore. I demand respect. Like... You know, just lurking, 
in kebab shops, eating mostly kebab meat and chips at bizarre hours, going out to do like a grocery run, which is stash in the minibar, but you don't want them to know that you're eating outside food in the hotel room. So instead of just asking for cutlery, which any hotel, no matter how many stars, would give you, like you're just sitting there eating your yogurt, trying to be healthy early in the morning, just blueberries straight into the tub because there's no like bowls or anything to use and you're eating that just with a teaspoon if they have a teaspoon sometimes being like what if i just kind of used just kind of like the other end like maybe part of <laughs> part of like the outside of like a tea bag like you know the container for the tea bag you could just kind of scrape some yogurt into your mouth that way maybe that's the best option but now it's just like hey do you want to get dinner after the show and i'm like yeah, that seems like an absolutely no. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to sit in? It's like, yeah, you know what I do. Like I will sit in. Like, oh, should we just get like a cocktail or something? I mean, it's hot, and I'm like, yeah, fuck, we should definitely get a cock. This is, I I could enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't need to be some kind of penance, you know. This doesn't need to be some kind of incredibly you know early 20s backpacking with no money style scenario you're in your early 30s dan you can you have a credit card you you can even spend more than you have that's open to you to treat yourself with respect and live in a way that makes this seem sustainable but when you know when she's not here no chance absolutely no chance i'm gonna live in goblin mode the mode of the goblin the word of the year in 2022 goblin mode uh i'll be honest i didn't know what that word meant until it became uh the word of the year and uh funnily enough uh my wife my wife mary um it's funny i i i forgot because I was just hanging out with a friend of mine today, uh, Michael Schaefer, whose wedding I went to, I think I mentioned on the pod. He's another comedian, good comedian here in Perth. Check him out. Um, but he was saying, do you guys call, do you guys say like my wife, my husband? And Mary and I are like, yeah. Like, he's like, oh, it just sounds like so much. And I was like, yeah, but you get used to it, you know? And then uh, it's funny just to catch myself then be like, my wife, my wife. It's like, yeah, it is, it is a lot. But like, I think maybe it's just because I've got the mustache and like the kind of, you know, upward facing hair. Uh, so the Borat thing is fucking right there for the uncreative audience members to point out. But yes, just like with with my wife, it's like yeah, we can we can we can live good. But I think for some reason, when she's not here, I'm like, hey, you should save all the money you can just in case she turns up that we can spend it together. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is relatable. Is it relatable? Like surely. That's what I was saying. The goblin mode thing. Sorry, I forgot. I got. I, I lost. I lost track. You gotta understand. It's it's five to midnight here in Perth, which means it's uh, almost three a.m. Sydney time. This goddamn inside Australia jet lag. That's how you know your country is fucking ridiculous when you get jet lag going in in amongst it. Anyway, um, yeah, she was like, "Hey, did you know the word of the year last year was gaslighting?" And I was like, "What? No, it's goblin mode. I just read that today." And she's like, no, 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 like it's definitely, the word of the year is definitely gaslighting. 
And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, like gaslighting is the word of the year. And I'm like, Mary, the word of the year is goblin mode. And she's like, well, maybe there's two words of the year. And I was like, how can there be two? What is it? Like a fucking podium finish? Like the Olympics, like goblin mode is the gold, gaslighting silver and fucking, I don't even know what, what bronze is. Like, and she's like, oh, okay. Oh, must, I must have must have mis- misunderstood. And then uh, I, you know, quietly, I uh, went to my computer just to double check that I was right, you know. And uh, yeah, it turns out there's more than one word of the year. And um, one of them is gaslighting. So, you know, it's always nice when you inadvertently uh, define the word of the year. <laughs> that seriously killed... Because like there's a... There's like a Miriam... Miriam Webster? Like, you know how dictionaries have names? The Miriam Webster one, and then there's like a dictionary.com one. I think there's three. Actually, I think there are three words of the year. So, uh, you know, if anyone tells you the word of the year is gaslighting, they're not necessarily gaslighting, you know? Like, maybe you're gaslighting them, and you'll figure it out later, and then uh, live like a goblin when they're not around to try and repay the debt without them realizing. I know there's been a fair whack of comedy chat so far, and I apologize for that because obviously there's nothing more tedious than hearing a comedian talk about comedy like it's important. But I did, I did just want to jump in with one thing that I've learnt about the old Fringe World Festival in Perth. Um, it does, it does this thing. So you got your show on their website, uh, which is pretty common for the old comedy festival. That's how people buy tickets, and uh, generally on a comedy festival website, it'll have. Your picture, the name of your show, the blurb of your show, sometimes a video if they're feeling like they can afford the bandwidth. And then the other thing they have is like a section for any reviews, any reviews of the show. You can upload them to the website so people can look and be like, hey, this isn't a pile of shit. Let's go. Let's check it out. Uh, Perth Fringe World does something I've not seen before, uh, which is it allows audience members to react to your show. Now, I thought they did the reacting in the room. I thought that was sufficient. We're all there. We get to see them react. And then we get to, you know, modify or not modify our material based on that reaction. This festival lists six possible reactions that as an audience member... I don't even know if you've got to check out the show or whether you just have to have a fucking account on their website. Uh, you can react to the show in a public way that other people can read and then they can go see the show based on that reaction. The six categories are greatest of all time with a, with a little goat, uh, recycle that, would see again with a little recycling symbol, no idea what I just saw, an emoji face with eyes and no mouth, uh, not my cup of tea, with a with a cup of you you kind of get in the picture here. This hasn't been a lot of thought put in. Uh, sexy fringe show with an eggplant emoji. I I was gonna get into something about how I hate that the eggplant has been co-opted for the dick, uh, just because mine doesn't have a little spout on the end, and I find it quite discriminatory. Uh, but we'll keep moving. Emotional roller coaster is the is the fifth. And the final one is laughed so hard I cried. Those are the six reactions and they're displayed publicly 
and anyone who comes to your show can just react. Now, having found out about this on Friday because someone gave me a react, uh, it was greatest of all time, don't worry about it, but I told the people in Fremantle, I was like, hey, so apparently you can react to my show. Please, for the love of God, don't. (laughs) Now... That might seem like a fun thing to say, and it was. But genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, like this is the dumbest fucking system I've ever heard in my life. Who says that just some random punter who comes to a comedy show, not just any random punter, the type of random punter who comes, knows about the reaction system, and then, like a fucking psycho who gets an email from the hotel being like, how was, our, how was your stay with us? Fill in this questionnaire. Like, fills it out on their free time. Are these the opinions that we want to broadcast? Really? Like, there are so many ways to broadcast your opinion in this world. There is Twitter, which is essentially just a thing designed to broadcast opinion. You can tag me. You don't have to tag me. You can tag them. Whatever the fuck put it on Facebook, on Instagram, you can share a photo. Like there's basically endless ways to react to shows, but these guys have to build a mechanism on their fucking website that means that audience members think that their reaction and their opinion is significant enough to affect other people buying tickets. Now, I come to this from a very privileged place because I've gotten three reactions so far because you fucking cunts don't listen. Two for the greatest of all time. One for Recycle That Would See Again. It's just so dumb. It's just so dumb because one thing that is an issue at festivals around the world, especially these fringe and comedy festivals, there are so many shows. There are just more shows than ever uh, because unfortunately TikTok and Twitter and things like that have made people realize that um, they're funny and that other people should know, right? Um, there's not enough reviewers to go see the shows. There just never is um, because I don't know if you've heard, print media is dying. Uh, so there just aren't the number of employees that can get around to go see stuff. Now, generally, the way newspapers combat this is they just kind of give it open slather. Basically, every show gives them free tickets. They just tell their entire journalistic staff from the fucking editor all the way down to the the new girl who does fucking uh, real estate listings to just go see shows, chuck a review in, chuck some stars on it, and you hope for the best, right? Now, that's obviously not perfect, but at least it is someone with some kind of accreditation, at least somebody with a personal reputation who can go in and report back on a show. You can agree, you can disagree, but they've put 200 words into it. They've turned up, fair enough. And you can always kick them out. As a performer, you can always just be like, actually, nah, no reviews, thanks, see you later. This, with the React, is just like, it just removes any incentive for these magazines or newspapers or online publications to even bother. Like, this is, this is just the festival being like, you know what, nobody's getting reviews. Why don't we just remove the value of any review by just having these fucking reacts? Like, it's such a bummer. Like, I don't understand 
where this narrative started where it's like somehow the audience knows what's funny like like anytime a comedian gets on the fucking the trail of like oh they say you cross the line how do you know if there's a lot it's always well the audience tells me what's funny and like as someone who's met a lot of audiences no they don't <laughs> like they can assist in the process. They can be something you consult in trying to figure out what is offensive, what is funny, the best way to convey an idea. But to say that they're the fucking judge, jury, and executioner is absurd. Like, I'm going to put it out there. Out of 100 people in an audience, maybe, maybe 10 of them are funny. Maybe. They're there, like, let's break it down even more. Out of 100 people in an audience, let's say 10 of them are funny. Let's say out of that 10, seven of them have had a good enough day. <laughs> They're not too tired. They ate a meal at the right time. The friends they're hanging out with aren't giving them the shits. They sat close enough to the stage. The venue's air conditioning was decent enough. Their beer consumption was just enough, but not too few. And they've seen enough stand-up comedy to kind of have an opinion on that art form that's vaguely informed, not just based on fucking skimming clips on social media and checking out the odd Netflix special. Seven of them have reduced to four, have reduced to two, have reduced to maybe, let's go three. I'll be charitable and say three people in that room might have an opinion that I respect. And probably at least one of them is another comedian checking out your show. <laughs> so in terms of members of the general public who have the right to be like, hey, maybe I don't think that's a great joke. But by the way, the second you're interjecting, you're fucked as well. So you're just supposed to be there, laugh or not, we'll interpret the data, we'll move forward and make the decision. Do you want the responsibility? That's the one thing I can never figure out. I did a trial show on Thursday and I made it very clear uh, to the crowd that, yeah, like they're in the room and these are new jokes and I'm testing them, but they're not the beaker. They're not the hypothesis. They're not the guy in the lab coat. They're just the fucking solution in the thing that I get to incorporate if I want, right? And they kind of got the shits with me. It's weird. Like, I don't know if I'm strange, but like when I go see a concert or a comedian, I would say maybe the worst thing <laughs> up there with the worst thing that could happen is if they say something and I don't laugh, they look at me not laughing and think I should probably never say that again. Old mate with the mustaches and glasses isn't laughing. The moustaches and glasses. Fuck, it is late here. The moustache and glasses isn't laughing. That joke's clearly no good. No need to give it a second bash. The audience tells me what's funny. Like, I went to a concert this week. I saw Elton John's farewell concert in Sydney. It was fucking spectacular. I had a great time. Like, it is such a privilege to see someone who's been at the top of a thing for so long go out on top you're like holy shit how many songs does this cunt have 
oh my god he's 75 years old when he gets up from the piano to walk across the stage just to lap up the applause and the love and the adulation like he genuinely looks a bit rickety you know but you sit him down you put him at the piano you put him with his band and he fucking crushes it for over two hours by the way over two hours he only went to the toilet once in two, no, sorry, twice in two hours. That is that is a hell of a prostate for that age bracket. Uh, it was such a great concert. I really enjoyed it. I would tell you as my listeners, if you get the opportunity to see Elton John live before it's all over, definitely check it out. But the idea of Elton seeing me sit down after I'm still standing to just kind of check my phone real quick, have a sip of water during the following ballad, whose name I don't know. I'm not that big of a fan. That was definitely 25, 30% of the concert that just went right over my head. Not that I didn't enjoy it. I just had never heard the songs before. And then I checked, probably during that song, to be honest, just how many albums that motherfucker put out. It was like one a year for the whole decade of the 70s. And then like one every two years from the 80s and 80s to the 90s like man that guy has put out like 30 albums it is insane no wonder i didn't know everything but the idea of him seeing me and saying that i'm not vibing that as hard as the last one somehow indicates that's not a good song get the fuck out of here why do i want to see reactions from not just people people who've chosen to live in perth what you're insane (laughs) and this is the thing obviously there's a thread of truth to what i'm saying that i think the reacts is a stupid system and i think it undermines the ideas of reviews in general and i think the ideas of reviews have been cheapened kind of largely and underfunded to a point where they need urgent intervention and taking even more power away from them isn't the fucking answer but I'm not trying to have a go at the people from Perth. I'm just trying to make this point funny and palatable and hopefully relatable to you. And I say that as someone who on every episode of this podcast has asked you to like, subscribe, rate it five stars on Apple, right? But that's because the idea of employing a real-life human being to sit down and listen to podcasts to publish that review in the paper seems a bit silly at this point. But this is an arts festival with government funding they spend on fucking branding uh, and not on anything that actually drives people to shows. I really... I really cannot emphasize how much I hate arts festival administrators this fucking react thing is just another great example of their fucking short-sighted boneheadedness they're like oh man you know whose opinion's great fucking mine if only there was a way to broadcast this if only there was a way to let the people know that my taste in selecting and curating this festival is so fucking star-spangled awesome that I should get an even bigger grant from the government next year that I spend on branding and that I spend on employing people and I don't spend a fucking cent on trying to get cunts to buy tickets because that's not the point. 
no arts festival administrator has ever, ever had a scoreboard. They get a government grant. They're usually a non-profit organization. So any money they make beyond what they spend is actually an inconvenience because they're going to have to redistribute it or figure out something else to spend it on. So they just want their fucking grant money. They want it to look pretty and they want to get the thing again next year. And obviously, they can't make too much money because then the government will be like, sweet, we'll give you less. It's such a broken system. Ah, I am tired. Please do like, rate, and subscribe. <laughs> Check out the Perth Fringe World website. Get it, get amongst the reacts. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being someone who's looking for a comedy show to see? You scroll through, you see the red tracksuit, you see the show title, How the Whitey Have Fallen. Not my best work, but not bad. You see the reviews from actual publications, you know, five stars here, four stars there. Don't worry, mate, I'm doing all right. And then you're like, ah, I just, it's just not moving the needle. It's just not moving the needle. What I need. Oh, three reacts. Uh, the greatest of all time. Two, recycle that. Would see again. One, why would you recycle that and see it again? It's a fucking stand-up show. It's the same hour. It's going to be the same show. See it once. See me again next year, cunt. Jesus Christ. See more reacts. Look, because you can, you can leave. You can leave a little thing. You could leave a little thing with a little text saying why you left that react. And, you know, one of them that said greatest of all time said, he came from Sydney to perform. That is correct. That's what makes me one of the greats. I'm willing to travel five hours slightly back in time <laughs> in order to perform for you live. I'll fucking do it. I'm the goat. Recycle that Woodsy again. Yeah, he was good. Didn't want people leaving reacts, but with a little shrug emoji. Two emojis in the same review. Are you saying this isn't a cheap way to communicate fucking information? And then the greatest of all time again. This is this is a new one actually. I'm I love that I love that I just gave myself away there. This is a new one actually, because obviously I've been fucking checking this website heaps. Because I want to make sure that even though I'm against the practice, I'm fucking crushing it. Greatest of all time again, I'm specifically leaving this review to annoy Daniel Muggleton who closed his show by saying not to react to his show because it's dumb and a waste of time. Thank you, Darcy. Thank you, Darcy W. I fucking, you bought a t-shirt, you're a good bloke. And uh, yeah, it did annoy me. And me reading it was dumb and a waste of your time. You see, I'm paying it forward. <laughs> now we're all wasting time together. Oh man. I, Elton John was absolutely unbelievable. It was so good. Like, because, you know, 75 years old, over two hours of performance time. Now, I don't know about you guys. I've always found with bands or performers, like the kind of older they get, the more, like especially like a musician, they're playing songs, sure, but there's like a bit of, there's a bit of storytelling going on. There's a bit of after dinner speaker energy. You know, it's just like, Ah, your song. Yes, my first number one hit. You know, I remember back in 1952, blah, blah, blah. Like doing an anecdote, letting themselves get the energy back up. Because um, I've, gotten, I've gotten really into that. Does anyone else do that? You, uh, you play like the set list game at, at concerts. You try and figure out where they're going to play what hit, you know? 
because you're like, all right, the thing starts there. I reckon there's going to be this many songs. Like how many songs in the encore? What are they opening with? What are they closing with? What are the three encore songs? I tell you, with Elton, I absolutely cooked it. I thought he might come out with like Rocket Man or, you know, maybe just something a bit slower even, but Benny and the Jets fucking straight out of the gate. Then the encore was like a like a four-song medley that included his first number one song, which was your song from 1971. And then 50 years later, his last number one song, Cold Cold Heart by Dua Lipa, Pinyao Remix. What up? Like, oh, we're so far off. But love that. Love the game. And that was the thing. Sorry, that's what I was saying. He just plat Like, I would... He, he jukeboxed it. Like, not only was there fuck all talking, he just song after song after song, straight in, straight out. The only break he took, which I fucking loved, by the way, was uh, when he would finish a song, he'd kind of hit the last note of the piano, then just like stand up and like turn towards the crowd just to, with his arms out, just be like, how fucking good was that? And then he'd like do a little bow, do a little bow, either side, either side, always the showman. And then straight back down, into the next song. It was fucking sick. I think I think I'm gonna integrate that into my comedy act. I think I think I'm gonna start working off a stool and at the end of a bit or a joke or a story, gonna stand up, give it give it a little ah, what about that, huh? You 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 didn't you didn't think about Uber signs in that way ever before, did you? All right, straight back in now. <laughs> I like it. It was cute, it was fun. I got merch, I did it. I don't know if I'm proud of it. I'm not really a merch guy, but, you know, as I'll tell anyone at any time, the most direct way to support an artist is to buy their merchandise. And I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've seen old Elton John (laughs) with his many mansions and at one point spending 300,000 pounds on flowers in a year. I think he needs my support. I think he needs me to buy the mock baseball jersey with elton 25 on the back i think i think that money is going straight to him and he needs it and it's going to make him live a slightly better life when he's on the road he's going to be in the five-star hotel too he's gonna he's gonna start making more demands because he's in the five-star there's some relationship and I, i cannot figure i love a good relationship between two values right like how uh, your age is your font size divided by two. Wait, sorry. Other way around. Font size times two equals your age. You know? Wait. No, that's not it. Divided by two. Fuck. What am I trying to do? Basically, I'm saying that 66-year-olds have size 33 font. You got me? It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as you age. But yeah, there's definitely something. The number of stars your hotel has is like the number of complaints that you get that you're gonna make during this. Like in a one-star hotel, I don't think I've ever complained about anything. You know, at any point during the stay. Like if you exit the hotel with all your belongings without anyone like stabbing you (laughs) like i think i swear 
I don't know if I'm, ma- I don't know if I'm misremembering this. I swear I've like been in a hotel room and I walked in and like the bed was just like dirty, like just not like kind of dirt, dirty, but just like, I swear there was just like some blood and like some part of it. And I just slept on the other bit of the bed. That was it. And I was like, chill, that's fine. <laughs> Didn't complain. They were like, how's your steak? Great, not a problem. Here's the key. Thanks so much for not killing me. I'll see you later. Like, whereas, you know, when you're like in the in the three star, you're like, ah, like, I don't know about this. Like, is this air conditioning functioning correctly? I don't know. Like, oh, the parking spot, like that's so much for parking. Yeah. But like in the five star, you just got like more niche complaints, you know? Just like we got the we got the buffet breakfast. I don't usually get the buffet breakfast, but I was like, hey, I haven't really eaten for like a day and a half. I want to set myself the challenge because like obviously, as you guys know, with the buffet breakfast, you're not doing the buffet breakfast unless you're confident you can eat that amount of dollars worth or drink that amount of dollars worth of whatever. You know, this is 38 Australian dollars for the buffet breakfast. A breakfast in Australia, even a big breakfast is like 26. So it's like I got to eat more than a big breakfast and probably hit two to three coffees like genuinely just fuck the rest of my day up in order to make sure this was good value that's how i look at it it's it's a battle and like they know it's a battle as well because the way that the buffet breakfast is cooked the way that every ingredient is cooked incorrectly can only be for the purposes of trying to stop people <laughs> for the purpose of trying to stop people eating enough for them to lose money they're like actively being like let's make this taste a bit bad so people kind of tap out early people won't make the proper commitment i just don't even know how you can do like i've seen coasters cork coasters more malleable than buffet bacon like but here we are we're in the five-star hotel we got the buffet breakfast and my wife is off caffeine at the moment. So when I'm like, hey, yeah, uh, we we're just wondering how we can get a decaf coffee. And they're like, oh, sorry, we don't actually do decaf. We can get you a satchel. We can get you a little packet, a little packet of instant decaf, which in a one-star hotel, like you wouldn't trust the contents of that pack. You'd be like, this is some kind of frozen turd that they are pranking me with for bothering them with my fucking request. That was not included in the price. You don't get to ask questions. But at the buffet breakfast at the five star, you're like, whoa, excuse me? Excuse- this is just a lady trying to avoid caffeine. You can't accommodate her? And they're like, well, we do have a cafe right over there. And you could just go buy a coffee. Like, Buy a coffee. Coffee, that's four fifty. That means forty two fifty. That means I gotta just eat thirty-eight dollars worth of buffet. It's impossible. She's a she's a medium sized lady. There's no way that she can put away thirty-eight dollars worth of buffet. The drinks need to come out of that. That's the only way we're gonna make it work. It's unbelievable. But that's what happens. Five star hotel, five star demands. That's where you're at. And it happens to everyone. I think that is the thing that probably terrifies me the most about success because like is there a way to not become a bit of a cunt like is there a way to just sail like if you if you start staying in nice places all the time 
do your do your five star demands just fucking stack up like they just keep going like you just get more and more demand like the the slight inconvenience the tiny error like the thing with the elevator where you scan the card and it just takes an extra second so you're hitting the button but it hasn't scanned properly yet you're waiting for the green light you're like we need to change rooms level 22 is fucked why is this elevator shut down it should be closed is that the end point is there a way to get through it otherwise i don't know i don't know but luckily luckily unless my wife's around uh i refuse to live like a successful person (laughs) so i should be safe for now i should have enough time to figure this out before we get there in the end you know it's like are rich people just bad people or are they just used to being waited on hand and foot in a way that makes your interactions with them seem rude somehow like i feel it a little bit because one thing i don't know how you guys feel about the self-serve checkout i used to love it i used to love the anonymity i used to love like the fact you don't have to talk to anyone just in you out self-serve checkout easy whereas now when i'm doing like a proper shop that involves more than like two three items at a time (laughs) i'm like hey i've got a trolley you put it in the bag let's be a team here and then the supermarkets near me, like most of them don't even have, they have like maybe one aisle. They'll have one aisle with someone working there. I've seen like the conveyor belt, the self-serve conveyor belt even. Like it's not just the little bag thing. It's like, no, 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 we understand that you guys have trolleys. You can fucking bag it and tag it yourself, dude. Good luck. And I just, I catch myself now that I can, you know, I don't want to brag. I, I'm not restricted to a Woolies or a Coles anymore. I can, I can go to Harris Farm. Not for everything, not for me. What am I fucking crazy? No, like, but for produce, I can get stuck into a Harris farm. And look, that extra dollar, that extra $5 maybe based on the size of the shop that it cost me in the end. Yeah, I'm happy to pay that to make sure a child moves my groceries from the conveyor belt into the bag. I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to think about what's heavier eggs or canned tomatoes i don't want to think about the structural integrity of a carton versus a juice versus a banana you handle it i've got shit to do look i didn't think this was going to be the way this episode panned out but hey that's perth for you you have expectations then the sun starts headbutting your fucking shin and you and you turn you start speaking slower because you're trying to make sure everybody understands you, but then you just realize they're dehydrated, so you may as well be chucking fucking hydrolyte into their mouths and slowing down your pronunciation. Uh, but then, you know, your wife's here, and she's like, let's get a cocktail. This Mexican place seems great. And you're like, fuck, you know what? Let's do it. No more Guzman and Gomez naked burrito bowl for me. <laughs> I can live the good life. Anyway, I'll be back. Uh, same time next week. You see that? That's three weeks in a row. The Monday release. We did it. Do not, under any circumstances, react to mine or any other fucking fringe shows on the Perth Fringe World website. But if you would take the time to like and subscribe and review this podcast, it makes a difference. Your opinion, your ability to tell your mates will change things for me. Vertical is taking us out. Chat next week. Cheers.